This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Enjoying our Monday edition of the program. We're here weekdays from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv across Canada. Around the world on AMI-audio at 4 p.m. Eastern, you can listen to the first edition of the program and settle on back and maybe have some dinner with us. However you consume the show, thanks a lot for being there. Ramya Muth and Kelly McDonald, we are the hosts of Kelly and Ramya. And uh, wherever you are, hopefully the, you're able to reach out to us whenever you'd like Send us a message, whether it's through Twitter or one of the other media ways you can, can reach the program, because we'd obviously love to hear from you. Anyway, it's time for our Know Your Rights segment. We do this on Mondays with Danielle McLaughlin. Did you know that everyone has rights? No matter who we are, we all qualify. But what happens when freedoms collide? The answers are rarely simple, but always interesting. Join me, Danielle McLaughlin, to talk about civil liberties and human rights on Know Your Rights. Always fun to have you on the program, Danielle. And today we kind of get you to ourselves as we settle back to have a chat with you on a, an interesting topic because I've heard people touch on this in different ways. And I think your take on it's going to cover things in many different ways. So welcome back. Thank you. It's lovely ha- seeing both of your shiny faces and uh, hearing your voices, particularly, I have to say. Um, I would like just to start out with a bit of a caveat. Whatever I am saying right now does not constitute legal advice. So I'm. Uh, this is basically information um, and conversation. But uh, if you're concerned about what happens when you travel abroad, you should be speaking to um, the Canadian uh, consul where you are, or to uh, travel uh, Canada. So uh, that's that's my my basic caveat. A disclaimer before. Mm, A disclaimer, that's right. That's right. My warning. Where where are we going? Where do you want to start? Well, first of all, the question, should you let the government of Canada know that you're traveling when you're planning to be outside the country? Now, some people have felt, well, it's nobody's business but mine when I'm leaving the country and when I'm coming back, because as a Canadian citizen, I have mobility rights, which, um, you know, doesn't mean you can drive as fast as you want. It does mean that you can leave the country and if you're a citizen, you get to come back and they can't keep you out. But um it is strongly recommended that all citizens traveling abroad or living abroad should should sign up with the registration of Canadians abroad. And the reason that this is recommended is that it allows Canada to contact you to provide you important safety information in case of an emergency. For example, if you're in a country where there is a climate disaster, Um, you're going to ask Canada for some help. Um, Or if you're in a a country that, uh, you know, is involved in a conflict, your relatives who are still in Canada are going to want to know how to reach you or if they can reach you. And if you've registered, that really provides a bit of a, um, well, a, a, a lifeline for you and for your family. Hmm. And this is interesting, Danielle, because I don't know the percentage of people who would 
register for this or yeah. who already do or are even aware that this is the formal way to let the Canadian government know that you're out? Well, that's a really good question, Ramia. I don't know what the numbers are at all. Um, and I know that many people, for example, who are going on vacation wouldn't really bother right. to notify the country. But if you're going to a place, and by the way, Canada has a whole list of countries um, which they categorize with um, three different colors. The, the green means it's perfectly safe to travel there. The yellow means that there are some things you should take into consideration if you're planning to travel there. And the red ones, Canada is telling you it isn't safe to be there at mm -hmm. all. Um, and if you're going to a yellow or a red zone, uh, Canada can't keep you from going to those places, but it probably would be a good idea to register so that Canada knows uh, where you are in case mm -hmm. you you uh, encounter a situation that uh, is, is unsafe. And you mm. use the word lifeline, right, when you're talking about registering. So let's talk about what it means for safety for you. Who's responsible for your safety when you're outside of the country, if you let the government know or even if you don't? Yeah, well, either way, it's you. Mm. So the Canada is not going to be responsible for your safety. They tell you that you can receive consular services by signing up on the registration of Canadians abroad. Uh, and they are going to be there in cases of emergency, but there's no guarantee that you will right. receive consular services. And there's no guarantee that they can do anything. One, one of the um, things that everybody who travels ought to be aware of is that Wherever you go, you are responsible to obey the laws in the country where you are. So even if the laws in the country that you have traveled to are different from those in, in Canada, um, you are responsible to obey the laws of that country. And if you break those laws, there's not a whole lot Canada can do about that. Um, you know, they, they can offer you a list of lawyers uh, in that country, or if you're, it's in a medical emergency, they can give you a list of physicians or emergency medical services. They can't provide you with those services. And these are, um, you know, these are pretty important things. But when you look at which countries have the yellow checks rather than the green, it's perfectly safe to go there. You might be interested that the United States is included in those yellow uh, categories. Surprise, so surprise. Yeah, I mean, there are places in the United States where clearly you you want to be pretty cautious traveling. Yep. And, you know, a country that has, um, you know, open carry gun uh, mm. laws, you know, is, is, is going that to be alone. somewhat more of a concern than, let's say, you know, Great Britain doesn't have a uh, a, a yellow check just as a, as right. a comparison. Right. Yeah. It's interesting because it, it's what you think and what we believe too. And you do have to know, man, you can't do this. Do your homework. That's what we're very quick to, hey, where's the best place to eat? But we don't have diplomatic immunity. So know your laws and rules when you go somewhere as much as we can. Um, right. Then, you know, what does the Canadian government recommend that we do in case as a citizen, we, we run into an emergency abroad? Well, when there's a large scale emergency, and I'm not talking about a personal emergency, but, you know, again, war or, or a climate disaster, Canada may deploy expert teams to enhance the capacity of their officers uh, to help people who are affected by the emergency. They can help Canadians depart to the nearest safe haven 
on a cost recovery basis. So, for example, we are looking daily at the media uh, for uh, Canadians and, and Canadian permanent residents who are in Gaza and trying to get out. Um, Canada is trying to help these people. They can't give them a guarantee that they will get them out, but they can provide some assistance. And one of the things that Canada can do is liaise with uh, families. So right. if if you are um, in, in a country that is suddenly at war or, or in some kind of a crisis situation, they can help your family find out how you are or where you are. Um, and, and, you know, quite personally, um, we've we had a situation with a family member many, many years ago now who uh, seemed to have disappeared in a foreign country. Uh, we reached out here and we were in Canada. The, the, the relative was was abroad um, and we reached out and they were able to to do track down where the person was. The person eventually did uh, get back to Canada safely. Um, and I think part of it was because people were asking, where is this person? Mm. And, and there there was some, you know, some help in, in that way. And Canada can provide timely information and updates through its website and social media, also by phone, SMS and email. So, you know, the government is, you know, they they can do their best. Will they always? Depends. Right, right. Uh, but at least you're leaving the communication opportunities open because, again, we don't know when communication can be shut down and what kinds of wiggle room you'll have in cases of these large-scale emergencies. Danielle, the, the passport is what uh, gets us out and brings us back in. You know, you're holding on to your passports when you leave the country. What happens if we lost our passport? Yeah, that's... Um, and by the way, Canadian passports apparently uh, are, are a bit at a premium if you're talking about it being stolen. Apparently, they're oh, worth yeah. a lot more money than some other passports. Uh, the first thing you should do is, is get in touch with the consulate uh, in the area where, where you're traveling. They can um, uh, issue an emergency or emergency travel documents or even a temporary passport if you are in an urgent uh, situation Um it, and you and you know you 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 need it. So there is a uh, and actually there's a website for lost, stolen, inaccessible, or damaged or found passports. If you find a Canadian passport, mm-hmm. um, interestingly, if you're at home and your passport is stolen, as as has happened to any number of people, that's considered a major theft. It's not like you know if you lose your wallet. Um, that's unfortunate and you probably won't ever get your money back, but you must report to the police if your passport is stolen. So that is, you know, that that's a, a significant uh, right. right. Yeah. Which makes sense because of what it can be used for. But when you talk about getting that access, if you lose it overseas, um, in your experience, in your knowledge, Danielle, do most of us find it relatively easy to get that support? Because, I mean, obviously, if you've lost it, are you carrying a birth certificate to prove anything when you go for that help? How does that work? Is well, it more that, trouble? Uh, again, it's not It's not going to be fixed in 15 minutes. That's for no. sure. Um, mm. You know, the, the, the Canadian government has a record of your passport. So, you know, if you go to the consulate, 
um, if you contact the, the consular services immediately, they will do what they can to replace it. You probably aren't traveling with your birth certificate, as, as you mentioned. And in fact, many people Should whose passports are stolen have lost everything else too, right? You know, they yeah. may have found that, they're, you know, if they were carrying it with their wallet or if it was in their hotel and it was uh, sto stolen from there. Um, so, you know, there, the, the circumstances will differ from person to person, but uh, they, they will do their best um, where they can. You should be aware, though, that very often consular uh, staff are people who are uh, from the country where you are. So if if you go to um, the consulate in in the country that you're you're visiting, you may find that you need to speak the language of that country. There will be people who can probably help you in French and or English, but that they may not be the first people that you encounter. So it it might take you a bit of time before you can get all of this, uh, you know, straightened away. Okay. Daniel, is well, it... Let's talk about those services. Then. Yeah. What are those consular services and what can they do to help? What will they not do for us? And how difficult okay. is it to find these services? Mm. You know, how familiar do we have to be to before we get to a particular country? Or no consulate, well, uh, right? Mm, Either when good, you're there. A, a good plan before you travel is find out where the 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 Canadian con, uh, consulates are. Mm -hmm. um, in some countries, there may not even be a, a Canadian consulate, but there may be another country whose consulate um, a, will uh, agree to help Canadians. Okay. Um, and 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 for example, Canada uh, has been the consulate in certain countries that will help people from New Zealand or Australia. Um, because they just, you know, there there may not be a, an available consulate. The the consular program aims to publish timely and accurate information on safe travel abroad, uh, deliver modernized, effective, and efficient consular services, and provide emergency to assistance to Canadians on a twenty four hour, seven day a week basis. So they can help in a medical emergency by providing a list of do local doctors and hospitals provide advice and contact information for local police in case of uh, in case you become a victim uh, of a crime. Um, they can provide assistance in case of missing persons or, God forbid, the abduction of a child to another country, replace lost, stolen, damaged, or expired passports. They can contact relatives or friends to request assistance. So they won't give you money, but they, they can ask your grandma for you um, to, no, to, to help you send money they, they, or to send you airline tickets, right? Uh, oh, they wait, can you call them now. They'll hang up on you saying, nah, this yeah. is one of those scams. Not we your grandma. Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they can transfer funds, but you'll have to pay that back, right? Yeah. Uh, if you suddenly, there's no way you can get any money. They will contact your next of kin. They will advise local police in Canada to contact next of kin in case uh, there's been a death abroad. Um, they will provide assistance to repatriate the remains of your loved one back to Canada. So if somebody you love has uh, died while abroad, the Canadian consulate will do their best to, to repatriate the remains and, um, you know, to identify a funeral home uh, that, that can help doing that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and one of the things, if you are, please don't be, but if you are ever arrested while you're abroad, they can provide you with a list of local lawyers um, and again, um, contact your family and friends as, as long as you authorize it. They won't. They won't do that. You know, they, they won't tell on you. 
So, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. Nobody ever Went has back to know. all that laughter, right? Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> you fool. Daniel, just quickly in 30 seconds, because we've covered yes. so much, I thought we could end on uh, losing our right to vote if we're traveling abroad and not uh, in Canada for too long. Is that true that we can? That, well, you, it used to be. It used to be that if you were out of the country for five years or longer, you would lose your right to vote. Uh, that case went to the Supreme Court of Canada um, oh, about 15 years ago, 10 years ago now. And no, you can no longer lose your right to vote. If you are a citizen of Canada and you are 18 years of age or older on Election Day and you have previously lived in Canada, no matter when, like even when you were two years old, mm. um, for any length of time, you have the right to vote. But you need to register as uh, at the International Register of Electors so that you're able to vote while you are abroad. Okay. Right. Makes sense. That's great. Thanks, Danielle. Of course, vital information and always good stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Take care and talk to you next week. Oh, you bet. No. Yes. Yes. We, we, yeah. we, don't, yes. Get yourself, <laughs> don't get yourself <laughs> mixed up. Confused. Don't even All go there. All messing up. Okay. Oh, boy. We start doing that on the program with Bill and get him totally in a circle. Uh, Danielle oh, okay. McLaughlin, Know Your Rights, Mondays right here on the program. Up next, we wrap up the show. We'll find out what's going on on Now with Dave Brown. We've got that for you right over there. And our closing moment, fascinating one today. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.